This is a Federal News Network podcast. The pandemic seems to be coming back to a boil, and the Defense Department is seeing a fast rise in the number of COVID-19 cases among uniformed service members. That's got the brass concerned. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni joins me with the latest. And Scott, what are the numbers we're seeing now? So we're seeing a pretty big rise in the number of uniformed service members with uh, COVID-19. So between Monday and Wednesday of last week, we saw nearly 2,000 service members be diagnosed with uh, COVID-19. Then after that, between uh, Wednesday and Friday, another 4,000 uniformed military service members. So at last check, that left nearly 30,000 service members currently active with the the virus. In total, uh, more than 70,000 service members, about 73,000 have contracted the disease since the beginning of the pandemic, and more than 800 have been hospitalized. Now, this comes after news of the 10th military service member dying from COVID-19. That was Army Reservist Sergeant First Class Calvin Ogletree, and he served in the Army for 27 years. Now, this, this also comes, as you know, the United States has more than 250,000 people who have died from the virus so far. Is it concentrated in the Army more than the other armed services, or does it seem to be across the board? Well, it's it's more in the Army, but you have to remember the Army is also the most populous service, but it's pretty across the board. The Army has about 26,000 cases right now. Uh, and then if you were to compare that to the Marine Corps, the smallest service, if you don't include the Space Force, we're at uh, 8,666, the Navy about 15,000, and the Air Force about 14,000. It's pretty spread across and, and hitting everyone pretty equal. And what are the brass saying about the effect of all this on readiness and their in the bases that they have populated? Right. Well, first of all, the bases, what they have are these travel restrictions that they put on at the beginning of the pandemic. Those restrictions have a certain amount of policy benchmarks that need to be met. For example, they need to show a 14 day of declining trend in symptoms and cases before they can reopen these bases to outside travel or let the people on the bases do some more luxurious sorts of travel. About 61% of the bases have opened. That's a pretty big change considering back in July, there were only about 30% open. As far as readiness goes, the brass aren't too concerned uh, at this point. And the reason for that is, and what they've been saying all along, is that they have young fit individuals in the military. And uh, those are the people that really aren't as susceptible to the long-term effects and to the mortality that COVID-19 comes along with. In fact, there was a recent study from the New England Journal of Medicine that looked at the USS Theodore Roosevelt, which is the aircraft carrier that in the beginning of the pandemic had a huge outbreak. Out of the 1,271 crew members who tested positive there, only about 1.7% needed hospital care. And, and the authors of that report really just foot stomp what the, the brass are thinking is that most of these people are younger and the ones that did have issues were ones that already had coexisting conditions like hypertension, obesity, diabetes, uh, those sorts of things. Well, I spent a day aboard the USS Gerald Ford last week, and they took lots of precautions. They took our temperature before going out there. Everybody had to be masked. So I certainly hope I didn't bring it out there or take it back from there. And switching gears here, speaking of 
plagues. Up in space, which looks nice and clear at night on a clear night, the U.S. Space Force is worried about all of the satellite space junk flying around. What is the danger and what are they thinking needs to be done? It's a pretty serious danger and one you may not think of considering space is such a humongous, uh, really the biggest thing that we can possibly think of. Uh, Right now, uh, orbiting the Earth, there's about 26,000 different sorts of uh, objects that range from 10 centimeters uh, large to, uh, you know, as big as a satellite. And the issue is that they can cause collisions. Right now, the Air Force has a space fence where they can track all those objects. And then when they shoot something into space, they can be sure that it doesn't hit anything. But there are times when there are issues with that. For example, uh, not too long ago, about five years ago, object number 36912 posed a serious risk to the International Space Station coming uncomfortably close. The residents had to shelter in place and really just sort of hope for the best in that situation. Also, there's satellites that collide, causing 800 pieces of space debris to fling out across the Earth's orbit. So what the Space Force wants is for private industry to look into ways that they can bring that debris back down or fling it back out into the universe, and it'll cause less of an issue for the satellites and more and more satellites, really, that are going up into space each day. Yeah, I guess it would take industry know-how or somebody's know-how to figure out how to fish out a screw or a chunk of metal that might be the size of your hand from the vastness of space, because it sounds like a lot of pieces, but it's also a lot of area to cover. Have they gotten any viable ideas yet, or do they just have a request for ideas out among industry at this point? Space Force, Yeah, they're, they're just sort of asking about it at this point and something that they're interested in. However, there have been some interesting ideas that have come out of industry. That includes a satellite with a really a fisherman's net on it, just kind of, sort of grabs things and then uh, kind of reels them in. And, uh, you know, that, that's one of the ideas that are out there. But it's something that, that really you have to think about because there's only so much weight that you can shoot up into the space, you know, but with, that, with the cost. It takes a lot of industry know-how, but spacecraft are getting cheaper. They're learning more and more each day. And they're hoping that eventually they can sort of clean up all this pollution that's around the Earth and uh, make it a little easier for satellites to uh, continue orbiting. I was thinking they could maybe float a, si- a satellite that's magnetic, but unfortunately, the junk is mostly aluminum. It's not ferrous, so therefore it wouldn't stick to the magnet in space. So never mind my idea. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out both of his stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.